We are alive. Live and alive. That's a game that just came out, actually. An old uh, Nintendo title that just got re-released. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Good Evening Live. I'm Michael. What's going on? This is Peter. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, we're pleased to be with you guys today. Yeah, it was a uh, little bit of um, a poo-poo show the last uh, little bit. <laughs> it's been very busy on all fronts. Uh, a lot has happened uh, within the Goody Reader family. Uh, I think we skipped last month just because there's just so much going on. But uh, we're back in action now. And, uh, yeah, let's get it rocking and or rolling. So, Peter, what's uh, new on your end? Ah, another day, another dime. Um, you mean like business-wise, or are we letting people filter in? We're just kind of shooting the, you know what, for now. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, I know you've been like reviewing a lot of things lately. Yeah. Uh, the um production department has their. <laughs> we got our hands full. Uh, and uh, how it works is that obviously you guys know we get samples and um, both uh, myself and Michael arrange samples to be sent to uh, the production studio here. <clears throat> and then we have all the guys kind of just go through the things, you know, we look at it, we kind of have a little bit of a table read, we go through some zoom with our team and Michael's team and everything. And we're just like, you know, what is this? What do we kind of want of approach? And, you know, every device has their own personality. I mean, we've seen devices that are like the Y band, which are just these weird DOS OS base model basically a texas instrument calculator so like before we do reviews now we can't just do them blind and then once we figure out it's like okay this is who this is for and then we got to go get the scripts written so we go to our guys and they write the scripts and they put all the nice fancy words and then we go and do a like we get it set up so we draw what needs to be drawn on it load what needs to be preloaded and then i go in the studio and i talk about it and then we get uh the guys to take uh, b-roll and photos and send it over to mike's team and then mike does all the uh, important work on the news publication and gets it out to the world. So that's kind of the process. But um, yeah, a lot has landed. A so lot. What's like, um, you know, in, in terms of informing people, <clears throat> like when the next things are going to be that we review, you know, yeah. we have the iFly tech is correct. That just went up. Yeah, that was uh, the probably the last. I think I mentioned to you, Mike. That'll probably be the last one we're gonna do on these guys. Um, just I don't want to dwell too much on it, but it's just they're not they're not a team player in that regard. It's like it's very nice that they're sending us samples, but it's more like here's a sample, and it's kind of like oh, okay, well, <laughs> I can't even turn it on. Hello, <laughs> are you there? So it's like. It kind of feels one-sided in a way, and it's just, it's not good outside of China. It's just, that's, yeah, this doesn't work. Yeah, um, what Peter's saying is it's <clears throat> one of the few Chinese brands that have not embraced English. Almost every that's other it. brand from, like, Huawei to, like, uh, to Hanvon to... Uh, Dude, everybody... Yeah. yeah, everybody, man. Every big me's embraced it. I re we we've been talking to iReader. We had a Zoom meeting a couple days ago, maybe five days ago. Um, they're they're gonna do a, a test uh, load OTA, which is over the air update, and uh, they're gonna put English on their um, on their iReader uh, operating system, which is crazy because like they were a holdout for quite some time too, and now they're no longer. So um, a lot is changing, and iFlyTech is just those guys. They're just like we don't want to do it. 
we don't want to put English on our units. And it really does stifle what we're able to provide them. You know what I mean? Like, how can we, and it's not about selling, it's about brand awareness. It's about, you know, showing you guys and what this device is about and doing our due diligence as reviewers of e-readers. And like, there's nothing to work with because it's just like, okay, well, we got to get uh, our office in China who does a lot of the dev stuff. It's like, hey, can you stand by? I'm sending you like a one-time uh, access text message so we can even turn it on. And it's just a whole thing. So yeah, that'll be the last iFly tech. But um, I think uh, the next one, as you asked, Mike, what's coming up, uh, HiRead um, is a massive uh, contract that uh, you, you actually sealed the deal on that one, Mike. You sent... Um, all the info over to me and uh, the introduction letter and everything. And uh, yeah, we're, we're just... Yeah, I'm going to try to like figure something oh, out. Oh, you're here. back. You're back. You're back. I can hear you. Can you? Hello. Yeah, we're good, guys. Thank you very much. Watch, <laughs> watch him on YouTube, says Milos. I'm actually, I am. I actually pulled up on my phone to watch Mike on YouTube so I can guess when he's talking. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's like a delay with it for some reason. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, let's get back to it. Sorry, guys. Uh, all right, so um, <laughs> you, to let you guys know what's sort of new lately in terms of, uh, you know, the, the site and everything, we re yeah. recently launched, like, a forum. Oh, um, yeah. Right. So if you go to, like, our website, goodreader.com, uh, on the navigation bar, you know, uh, there's, like, contact, news, reviews, you know, store and stuff. There's a new tab there called Forum. And uh, it's sort of, like, new forum, like, software that we have here. And, um, yeah, it's, like, the type of thing where, like, you can, like, register, uh, you know, or you could just like talk just as a guest and not yeah. having to register. So uh, there's a few benefits like to register and like you can have like an avatar and like a signature and you know, you could vote in polls and stuff like that. But as a guest, you can still like read and reply. So it's like, you know, if you don't want to register with us, you don't have to. And it's just, you know, we don't, we don't sell <laughs> data, you know, so any customers that like register with us, we're not the type of company that like sell your like data to like anybody. Like we, no. we've always kept it like internally. We don't even use like, like anything for even our newsletter, unless you just no, sign up for our newsletter, that. like exclusively. And we do that a lot. We, we don't really have a lot of things that we require you to log into like our app store. You can use it freely. You don't have to create um an account but if you do then it does sync to all your devices etc but it's not necessary so just like feel free to use as many of our services as you wish uh yeah. to bar converter etc you know we just we don't want to lock you guys down we never have so yeah it's like purchasing stuff <clears throat> from like our store it's like you don't you can just check out as a guest if you want yeah you know you That's don't right. have to register so we've always sort of believed in that from like day one just like the less friction the better and you know i i for, for personally like i hate like when i have to like register just to like do oh, something man. on like another site like you yeah. know just to read something it's like please create an account like especially new sites that have like paywalls are notorious for that where it's like you know you can read like two free articles a month and then you have to register yeah, and you can read another yeah, five yeah, and then right. after that you have to like subscribe it's like oh my dude God. you ever get those when it's like the wall street journal has a uh i don't know just a news uh clip and then you you scroll through it and you're like wow this is really interesting and then it fades in it says click here to register to continue reading and i'm like i just want 
I just wanted to read it. Like you already gave me a little bit and like that's what they do, right? So it's the whole thing about like samples, right? Like you read a couple pages, gets you hooked and then you got to buy it. So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe in paywalls, like at least for us. Like it's something yeah. that like we've never did and something that we'll never do. So right, right, right. it's just, it's one of those things that like, you know, most companies that cover ebooks and audiobooks and even talk about e-readers, everything from like Publishers Weekly to the bookseller um, to The Guardian, you know, they're one of the yeah. few sort of UK like, like newspapers that actually talk about this type of stuff. And it's like all like paywall it's like certain yep. articles are free but the vast majority it's like you need to pay them like a monthly subscription anywhere between like 29.99 to like 39.99 like a month and it's like just to stay on top of like publishing news I it's know. like you have to pay <clears throat> them and it freaking sucks because it's like they only implemented those systems like in the last couple of years so i don't know yeah no i hear you there's a lot of that on the internet that's just uh i don't know makes you want to Oh, just hide under a rock. Yeah, um, but yeah, what, uh, what, what's, oh yeah, we had a quick, um, uh, uh, customer, not customer, um, user question here that we'll just answer real quick because uh, we do have some slight news. If you've missed it, 13.3 inch color e-reader news question mark. I'll just do a quick 10 seconds on mine. If you go to YouTube, we actually sent one of our guys to Taiwan, uh, last month to a trade show where we covered a color 13.3 inch colloidal panel it's not in any sort of tooled shell it's just on the wall but it does work and it does exist and it is real so i'm gonna throw it over to you mike if you know anything about any sort of 13.3 inch color coming up in the pipeline all right so as you guys know like um you know i i talk a lot to like these companies like one of the benefits of, of of selling this stuff is that we talk to like you know management about you know selling things in our store mm -hmm. plus i have a lot of connections like in you know the the supply chain so both from like a like a store but like a news outlet thing too so <coughs> me. kaleido 3 was supposed to come out like this summer but from what a lot of companies are telling me that had planned to use Collider 3 is that there's not enough panels available for them to place an order with E-Ink. So E-Ink has enough panels to like send to companies that want to do color, like, you know, here's four development kits or something yeah. like that. Or, you know, here's, here's two development kits, you know, Logic Board, Collider 3 panel and stuff like that. And so they're like doing their internal testing you know and stuff like that loading their hardware on it and it's like yeah you know we we want to we want to release something can we order like ten thousand panels Ink's yeah. like no they're not ready yet so it has not even like brought these sort of things like online for collider 3 and one of the things with collider 3 is that it primarily supports 7.8 10.3 and 13.3 and so even companies that are like, yeah, we want to place an order. It's just E-Ink's not in a position to like mass produce the panels yet. So that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen any Collider 3 devices this year. So I'm from everything that I'm hearing is we'll probably won't see anything until 2023, like uh, maybe summer of next year. So that's yeah. when we might see something. However, Gallery 3, I'm not too sure about because from 
everything I understand, Gallery 3 for e-readers or e-notes only supports like 7.8 only. And mm. so maybe they're in the same position where, where we haven't seen any Gallery 3 e-readers or e-notes yet because it's just simply not ready for mass production. But I don't know that. That's not like confirmed like, you know, like Kaleido 3 is. I'm not too sure. Um, I have to sort of put the feelers out for that. But I think one of the advantages of Gallery 3, at least for e-notes or e-readers, is that I could display 40,000, 50,000 colors wow. as opposed to like e-collider 3, which can only display like 4,000. I mean, basically yeah, 5,000 yeah. colors. But I think Kaleido still has the better usability for refresh and like everyday use, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Gallery 3 is... is pretty interesting they have like four or five different speed variants um depending on like your use case so they have something from like very slow page turns which we've seen <laughs> up until now no, until like yeah. really fast but it leaves like ghosting issues yeah so they you know they have like basically five different speed modes like on it but you have to choose which one that you want on your e-reader you can't just like switch between them on like for have settings or something like right. uh, you know onyx has like all the different speed modes that you can change oh, yeah. the software but yeah. with gallery 3 mm -hmm. it doesn't have like you know there's no you know, on off switches for the various speed modes. When right. you're constructing the e-reader, it's, you know, you basically have to en enable one type of speed mode only for gallery three. So right. it's, I think that that's going to take a hit. You know what I mean? Like it's really hard for somebody to say, what's the middle ground between slow and fast and what will users embrace on a device? You know? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think, you know, uh, the 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 e-reader crowd, all you wonderful people that watch us all the time, you guys know what e-readers are all about. But, I mean, just about every second of every day, we get people that are like, oh, why not just buy an iPad? So you know what that mentality is, is that the average person, e-readers and refresh is something you have to get used to if you don't already know it. It's never going to be lightning snappy fast because that's that's not what it is. It was never intended for that. So yeah, um, it, it's, it's probably going to have to be to the user to choose their modes. I think that's just the most comfortable thing. And you know what? I think something interesting that no one has ever talked about, and you and I neither, Mike, why is it that the monitors the Dasung monitor, the, the, the Onyx monitors, all the monitors they have now, I think Dasung has five and Onyx has two. They have like 28 speed modes on the Onyx and 15 speed modes on the Dasung and all these sub speed modes and combinations of either, but no e-reader or e-note has ever exceeded four speed modes. I wonder why that is. They're both the ink panels. The, the Mira is a 13.3. The Lumi is a 13.3. It's the same panel. But why is it the monitors can have 28 fully functioning speed modes? And you guys have seen how fast that is. But no other e-reader Eno does that. Yeah, it's user. You know, it's the user experience. Do you want to, like, bog users down with, like, 
10 or 15 different options. You know, yeah. most companies would like do either like the normal mode or A2 mode. That was that, like That's right. Yeah. That yeah yeah yeah. That was like the <laughs> default standard for like all e-readers. Long time, yeah. And then, you know, slowly <clears throat> some companies started offering uh, more expanded different modes like, for like, uh, different tasks. Like, yeah, like uh, image mode or like text mode. And then we're like, oh, okay, I start to see what's happening. Yeah, they, they've slowly started to like, you know, rename the, sp like the speed modes for different types of tasks that you'll do. Because um, like, you know, we'll say with Onyx, they have like X mode. What does that do? You know, like uh, they have like, you know, different types of modes but it, it's not really clear on like what the use true. cases would That's be for those true. modes whereas yeah. dasung and stuff they um or like other companies they're starting a uh, high sense yes yeah they go like balanced mode smooth mode speed mode it kind of exactly tells clear you which mode. one to use yeah that's right that's right so, so i you know i think in order for those types of things to catch on with more people, you really need to rename them for what tasks that you would do. So, you know, internet mode or um, coding or, you know, to, to explain sort of more about why you would use a certain mode for like a That's certain true. task. That's true. Yeah, the monitor actually, when we had it in studio, it was a little bit confusing. I'm not like, oh, what does this button do? But at the same point, it was like, there was a little bit of a learning curve because like you have to select your mode and then there's a dial that has seven sub speed modes. So it, it was it, it, Onyx has the most speed modes out of any company, period. And it's true. It's 28 speed modes. That's insane. Dasung has pioneered monitors and speed modes effectively, and they only have 15. And I was just like, wow, Onyx and Onyx has profiles that you can actually create your own speed modes, one with like no contrast, all bold, boldness. And like, uh, yeah, just a combination of everything in, in between. So uh, it, it was definitely, there is a learning curve with that much customization at your fingertips, which I guess now that I've discussed it with you, that does sound like why most e-readers don't have that. Because it could, you could actually dig yourself a grave and like your, your zero saturation, zero contrast, all speed, your screen's just like flickering white. And you're like, oh, what have I done, right? Like, this is too much power for one person. So I guess that's why they did that. So did anybody buy anything for Prime Day? That was Anne's oh, yeah. annual event that uh, just that's transpired, right. like, maybe about a week and a half ago. Virtually every single Kindle model was on sale and all the variants, almost in every market. At least the ones that I paid attention to, uh, Japan... Uh, the UK, Canada, and the US, there was deals to be had on the latest generation Kindle Paperwhite, the 6.8 screen, both the signature edition and the base model, as well as, you know, the Kindle Oasis. Um, you know, Kobo was running parallel deals for Prime Day yeah. for almost all of their e-readers. Barnes and Noble had deals for their e-readers. It was just like a good time to make a purchase. It was. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that to the users in a little bit because there is a delay. But um, what did you buy, Mike? Did you buy anything for uh, Prime Day? No. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I have everything that I need. You know, I have like, you know, I have a Kindle that I use. I don't need the latest generation or whatever. 
So, cause like, you know, I read more paper books than like eBooks just because yeah, neither, I, neither of us use e-readers. They're terrible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I like collecting hard covers, you know, it's what true. I mean? It's true. It's like, uh, oh man. Um, you know what? I'll just show you guys just a little bit. Uh, there's something to be said with having a nice, like, okay. Mike's more of like a bookcase with you know, books with all like the binds and everything. And I have like switch games that are all like stacked up because digital's great, has a smaller ecological footprint. It's quicker delivery, I understand. But there's something to be said about having like a shelf with stuff on it. You know what I mean? Like just a a stacked shelf. um, And that's something you can't get on e-readers or like digital video games and stuff. So uh, yeah, I I hear you on that one. It's also the resale value. Like... You can't, yeah, you can't, you know, no, if you were to buy digital is. Switch games, you can't Zero. really like, let, you can't sell them or lend them out to friends. Never. You're correct. If I have my uh, Smash Brothers here, if I bought that digitally, it's $80. That's it. It's gone. It's in the ether. If I bought the hardcover, just say physical, it's $80. But I can always flip it on Facebook Marketplace for 40 bones four years later. So I'm preserving 50% of my value. And I'm then giving it to someone who has the ability to purchase it as a heavily subsidized price as I ate all the depreciation. So there's two separate worlds, economies of both digital and physical. And that's something you can do with books as well. You can pass your books on. You can sell your books. Books uh, 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 expand in rarity and value over the years. You know what I mean? Like those those uh, first special edition Harry Potter. First edition. Like is... And if you download the first edition Kindle, you're going to be like, hey, check out my first edition Harry Potter. Oh, you have one? Yeah, it's on my Oasis. It's like, I, that doesn't count. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I want to see it behind a piece of glass, man. Yeah. yeah. One of the things with like ebooks too is they'll change the cover art if they make like I like you say you buy the you bought the original Harry Potter with like the unique cover art the first like day it was ever released. Yeah. When they released the movies, they changed the cover art to like representing like the movies or they'll That's change right. the cover art if the cover art has been changed by the publisher and uh, you know that's one of the things like there's really no resale value with ebooks because Zero. they you technically don't own the ebooks because you're basically just licensing them uh from the company that you paid the money to so and sometimes you pay as much or close to a book based on where you're getting it from. If it's a small bookshop, a big bookshop, if they're bound by uh, the ISBN prices and all that, like you're, you're somehow paying a lot or more than you should for something that doesn't exist versus something physical, you know? Yeah. That's the thing with like the tangible versus like the intangible, you know, you eBooks can't be resold. Um, for the most part, ebooks can't be lent out. I know that Amazon has like a, a lending program that many people don't even know exists. But for the yeah. most part, brands that sell ebooks, it's like that's why you're locked into their ecosystem because you can't really bring them with you. And no. if that company ever goes out of business, you lose everything. Um, going back to video games, we know that, you know, PS Vita, for example, from PlayStation, they shut down like the service so you can't buy oh, yeah, digital did. games anymore. So the only thing that you could do is 
play physical games. So if you bought, if you have a collection of physical games, you can actually insert it and keep on playing. But they've shut down like the cloud service. They shut down like the store. And you That's know, right. Nintendo's done that over the years, discontinue things. Um, you know, game companies do that where they shut down the servers of old yeah. multiplayer games. So, you know, you, you sort of don't have access to that anymore. So there's something to be said about owning physical things because it's yours forever. Pretty much. As long as you have the hardware or the, well, hardware, your eyes are hardware too. It's just organic. As long as you have the tools to consume what you've bought, eyes for books, the console for games, etc., then yeah, it's yours. It's it's yours. I mean, you can't stamp out copies of them and sell them on the street, but uh, yeah, it is yours. Yeah, and I mean, that's not to say that I don't buy eBooks, but I also buy a lot of audiobooks. Like I've been enjoying oh, audiobooks yeah. a lot lately. Um, either short form content. There's a new thing on Audible. I don't know how new it is, but it's called Music and Words. And right. it's like there's about 31 episodes in like the series and it's like everyone from like Beck to like Eddie Vedder to like Alanis Morissette there's like country people and stuff and so they kind of like talk about their careers or like you know some people like go even as far as to like you know when I was a kid you know and you know it's generally about like an hour maybe two hours long half of it is just like them talking like about their experiences being on the road or you know um influences they they that their parents had on them or cool um when we were on tour for this album you know these are some of like the in- more interesting stories but i think it's more introspective but it's juxtaposed by like songs that they'll play you know in, oh, nice. in, in the in the audio audible recording studio so it's yeah. not like they're playing like studio albums it's like sort of alive versions but they're playing it like inside the sound booth or whatever so it's basically just them singing and it's kind of cool because it's like it's sort of like a podcast but it's it's yeah it's cool because they're short they're bite-sized it's not like oh, this t- typical audio it's non-committal yeah exactly like typical audiobook is like 12 hours generally yeah. but then yeah. so this is like at like two hours or less so you know you can listen to it in like one sitting or whatever and it's yeah it's I kind of like the direction that Audible has moved in both offering podcasts, but also like all the Audible exclusive content that uh, that you get. And, you know, you can get it all just from like paying like, you know, in the past you paid Audible like $12 a month or whatever. And you got one audiobook credit that you could redeem for one audio audiobook. But they've sort of yeah. gone beyond that now where it's like they have all these exclusives you have access to if you subscribe. So, you know, there's thousands of things that you can just like download for free. Um, both like audiobooks or podcasts or like it's mainly like Audible originals that uh, Audible has just had and so a lot of like people i mean it's good for users like for me there's like a lot of choice now finally for like odd like long form audible like audio content um libraries are kind of pissed off that you know audible and amazon's like original ebooks aren't available to like libraries Oh. Yeah, so there's oh, well. like it's a double-edged sword where it's like it's awesome for users, but like libraries want all access to like all this stuff, and like Amazon doesn't want to give it to them. And they can't. 
Oh, well, that's the way it goes. Audible's still cool. Yeah, so, um, Peter, yeah. why don't you tell the folks about our new device? Uh, yeah. That's on the docket here, and then we'll move on to... Uh, yeah, actually, someone did ask about that. Um, I just want to shout them out here because they did ask. Simon Gordon, any update on the Goody Reader X Big Me? Yes, yeah, so the Goody Reader X Big Me is a... Um, collaborative project between uh, Big Me and ourselves where we are co-branding and uh, what that means is all of our services and um, uh, logoing will be on the device and the box and the materials and it's a full dual release. Um, yeah, so uh, we just wanted a fully blown um, ebook reader with literally every single feature. So there's four microphones, there's audio, there's warm light, there's SD card, there's SIM card, there's uh you know two cameras speakers. on it i mean speakers it's just we went ape and uh surprisingly in the end uh aside from the early bird things that uh, uh big me wanted to sell but uh yeah uh it's all it's cheaper than other devices so um they were mostly in charge of the manufacturing and getting the production lines going because um they already have an established infrastructure of building things because they have 14 devices in their lineup we don't have an infrastructure of building things that's not what we do we've only ever released one unit and a pen so uh, actually we, we did the 6.8 and 13.3 Oh, yeah. No, that's right. We did a dual release. Yeah. So we put our heads together and we said, OK, Big Me, you guys are good at physically manufacturing them. You guys have like, you know, uh, factories and stuff. We have the worldwide presence because let's be honest, everyone knows Goody Reader in the e-reader world and nobody knows Big Me. People and didn't I mean, even know they existed till like a year and a bit ago. We know what we review so much stuff that like we know what constitutes a good device and what yeah. what people want. That's exactly like people it. want a large screen device that's light that they can use. Some people want to take notes and and draw and what's better to take notes and draw than full color. Some people just want to consume content, read books, comics, manga, magazines, yeah. newspapers, have access to all this stuff and being able to like read it all in full color so yep. you know that's right many people with e-readers especially those of you that have grew up with like kindles or nooks or kobos you're used to just like viewing all that stuff in like black and white you know yeah. manga tr traditionally black and white but modern things like webtoons and um you know a lot of manga these days are are done like in color now yeah um whereas in the past they weren't because mainly everyone has a smartphone in their pocket now so everyone's like optimizing manga for larger screen displays so we wanted to do one device that rules them all sort of like uh, sort of like <laughs> the, the one ring, ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly so we yeah. wanted to, to do one like you know some people like listening to podcasts or music or YouTube on headphones. Sure. You know, we have Bluetooth support. Some people just like to listen to it on on device speaker. Okay. We'll release like something with speakers, you know, yeah. uh, some people like to uh, do audio dictation, like audio to text for note taking, or some people just want to talk to their buddies like on discord or WhatsApp or WeChat or, you know what I mean? There's just like, yeah. we, we wanted to, to release something with enough features to keep people engaged no matter what the task was at hand. So that, that basically was it that we didn't want there to be something it was missing because a lot of people are going to say, Oh, maybe you guys should, 
uh, get something more distraction free. It's like that. That's something I believe is just kind of a bandwagoner thing that people are just repeating over and over again. Uh, it's like don't swim after eating. That was debunked. <laughs> so it's like I don't believe in a distraction free thing because anything can be distraction free. An onyx can be distraction free. But if you want something. You can't magically add something onto a remarkable. That's impossible. I can't say, oh man, I really want to listen to this. Oh, good thing I have a speaker that I don't have. No, you don't. There's no speaker. So mm. if you don't want, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. If you need something and it's not there, then it's not there. But if you have a camera, people are like, you don't need a front camera. It's like, don't use it. <laughs> I'm not, it's not like you have to use the front camera to read a book. Just, don't use it. So like, yeah, we just wanted every feature there. And we we're just like, you know what? Four gigs of RAM? No. Six gigs of RAM. Uh, 64 gig storage? No. 128. Just like every single possible thing. Just put the biggest possible thing of that on there. 10 languages? No. 31 languages. So it's just like, yeah, we just put everything on there. We threw everything at a wall and it worked. And Bigme is really good at tooling devices and carving things out of wax and stuff, which they, they did. And we developed an all-new unit. A lot of back and forths, a lot of back and forths between all of us. And, um, yeah, I think we hit our goal in, like, 10 minutes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're, we got almost 800 people to, um, to uh, get on board. And that's, that's just Kickstarter. And I'll say one more thing. A lot of people said, why are you using Kickstarter? Kickstarter is totally normal in the world of launching a product, even if you don't need money for the project. And it's Lots like more legit too. Like Kickstarter yes. is like say more legit than like, uh, what is it like Bandcamp or something? Uh, Campfire and all these other guys. Indiegogo. And, yeah. And like if you were to, if Big Me was to release this on their own page with like, you know, Union Pay, Taobao, WeChat Pay, it's like, a lot of people aren't used to that. They don't know what that is. So Big Me said, why don't we use Kickstarter? It's an all-in-one platform. Everyone knows it. It's a completely single entity that facilitates all the money coming in and money going out and products going out. It was just a simple way to, it's the same reason you use eBay. When you use eBay, you sell something on eBay, it gets advertised to the world. Do you have to pay higher fees? Sure. But it's better than you running ads, finding your own credit card processor, paying for, you know, customer insurance and all this other stuff that goes into it. Kickstarter is an all in one. Dasung did it. Supernote did it before before a lot of these companies. A lot of these companies did it. They don't need money to make it. It's just they're using it as a payment processor that Mike says is like the most legitimate one. It's an all in one service. So that's the thing. This isn't a project that's going to be like, oh, shipping 2025. No, it's going to ship like next month, the month after. It's, yeah, like we're, it's ready we're, to I'm go. I'm hearing like early October. Yeah, we're getting our review sample, I think, this week. And Big Me is not a company that's like, oh, maybe we're thinking of release. No, they got 14 devices and a subsidiary fighter brand. They have shipped millions of devices all over the world. They don't need Kickstarter to fund them. They're just using it because it's a massive way to draw awareness. So that's what the whole thing was with Kickstarter is that. It's, they're not a cash poor business that needed all this money. They got factories, man. So yeah, that's that's what's going on there. But um, yeah, it's a it's a great unit on paper. I haven't even played with the final product product yet. I don't know, but we're gonna see. And we're sending it to um, 
a lot of different uh, news outlets. Uh, Michael actually got uh, Linus Tech to um, uh, agree to take on our product, so we're going to be sending one to them. Linus Tech Tips, they got like, I don't know what, 13 million subscribers or something. Yeah, so. they have a lot. Yeah, so way it's more like than the, us. You know, it'll be, I think, like on, on one of the Linus Media Group's thing, like yeah. Tech Quickie or one of their shorts That's or right. something, you know. So And I believe uh, Unbox Therapy, those guys got, uh, I think, 15 million uh, um, subscribers as well. I think they're going to be getting a sample. Um, uh, I think Engadget's going to be getting a copy. And, uh, yeah, just sending, you know, like five or ten copies around to um, – uh, all these news outlets and then you know they'll send them to other places and uh uh yeah that's really the deal was what what's going on there guys yeah so just to elaborate a little bit more yeah one of the benefits of a kickstarter is that a, a lot of media outlets will pick up on it uh just because that's like if right. something's like just new and it's like making a ton of money um a lot of news outlets will pick up on it so to help like make the product just have more awareness and go viral a little bit more. But it's also, we know how many additional units that we need to make. So like the initial production run, I think was going to be like, I don't know, like 10,000 units or so. But That's a good one, actually. I didn't mention but that. Yeah, That's based smart, on like Kickstarter, we know how many additional units that we have to make based on orders on Kickstarter. So one of the, the benefits about crowdfunding is not necessarily needing the money to manufacture something it's basically how many people are placing orders that we need to go back to the factory and one. say okay we need to make an additional you know five thousand units you know we've initially made enough to cover everybody but yeah. we need to make an additional this many because like the demand is there so once we sort of start the crowdfunding campaign starts winding down you know we know how many more that we need to be able to uh go wide once the you know once kickstarter ends it's going to be available in the goodie we just store That's you right. know both our, our our like main site as well as our shopify site and we're going to start distributing it to like other e-commerce sites too so hopefully we'll make it available like on amazon and you know other places like that and stuff too so um yeah you know we need enough products on hand to be able to ship them out as soon as an order is placed that's that's, that's a that's thing. a good one yeah because if you look at it just in the four days it's been running or something there's 763 people that are have already reserved theirs and that's going to keep going for the entire month and then we need to stockpile all five of our locations and i believe big me is going to be sending it se selling it domestically within china as well so we all needed to, that's, yeah, that's actually a good one too. It's like market research because we all need to kind of come together and be like, all right, well, we need, you know, an extra 2,500 units we didn't know we needed yesterday. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah. So that's, what's going on with that guys. Uh, um, if you have any other questions, of course, you know, there's going to be tons of, um, videos coming out on this. Uh, we are going to be reviewing it ourselves, but obviously we're going to be sending it to countless reviewers as well, because we can't be uh left to our own devices to say oh the ink, ink no color is the absolute best because it may not be so we have to be impartial have to send it out to everyone get a fair shot but yeah we're going to be showing you the ins and outs of it you know like a 20 minute deep dive on it the whole thing you know yeah we want to show you but you know 
you can only understand what the device does by just like reading tech specs or uh, a few of the articles that are, you know, Lily Puting did and a few other uh, things did that, you know, you can only get a sense on like what it does by a few of the pictures that have been released as well as just reading the specs. You really need to visually see what it can do, how vibrant the colors are and things like that. So we can show you that. Obviously, because it's our device and it's not like a third party device, we are some of our bias we you know wouldn't wouldn't be there we're mainly just like showcasing it to you in like an honest fashion we're not really That's reviewing what, it in it. a traditional sense like we would review the recently no. released nook low light 4 with pearl pink we're not going to be like the ink no colors the best one you could buy in the world goody readers really outdone themselves no it might <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be showcasey it's going to be like what does colors look like here how does the pen work here no we're not gonna give it a score because we all know what that score is gonna be (laughs) but yeah um moving over to the um the the nook um man the first time nook has ever released a color variant not a color device a color choice yeah so they released um they were taking pre-orders i think for like about the last like month and they did uh a pearl pink version of like the Nook. So if you've ever seen the Nook Glow Light 4, I, when it was released initially, it was black. So, you know, it was black on the front and like back on the back, black on the back. And yeah. they released the Nook Glow Light 4 with pearl pink. So even the packaging is pink now. Uh, the back of the device, like of the e-reader itself, is like pearl pink. So like the back plate. But the front of it is white now instead of black. So yeah, it's like right. it's a total color refresh. And it looks really good. So if you guys have seen it, the pictures already, we did like um, like a review on it. So we uploaded like a ton of pictures. Peter did a video on it like on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, we have like uh, a review on our website on goodyreader.com. It's like in one of our carousel images at the very top. So you can actually see some of the pink packaging. I would show you guys what it looks like, but last time I did that, like OBS ended up crashing. So I don't want oh, that uh, to don't happen. Do, don't do that. Just go to our site, guys. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, the, I, the I think pink, it looks I, like really good. And it is. Um, yeah. I actually talked to... Uh, the VP of e-commerce and the VP, like basically the guy that runs like that runs the Barnes Noble website, but who's also in charge of the entire Nook division. Um, he was actually saying that when they did the pearl pink color, they actually had like four or five other colors and they were like testing them internally. Like, you know, what, which you know, front and back, different colors, you know, would, should we just, just do something with like a different color of black paint, like back plating, like baby blue or red and keep the front black, or maybe we should change like the, like the front, like to white and then have like different color backs. So they had like all sorts of different types of like color variants. And so they were testing them internally, but they also sent them off to like a lot of the different Barnes and Noble stores all across the countries. And they were like, you know, vote, you know, 
between like, you know, give us like your top three, you know, what color combinations do you like the best? And like overwhelmingly everyone liked the pearl pink, you know, so that was the one that they ended up like releasing. So they said that this won't, you know, this is like quote a limited edition because they only made like a certain number of them. But what they told me was that pre-order demand for this was so strong that it blew them away. They didn't like think that people would be ordering them in the volume that like they are originally they were like, you know, we're going to send these to like all the bookstores so they can show them in like in the stores and yeah. people could actually <laughs> see it in person, but there's not even enough units left to send them to all the stores. They could, they could maybe send like a couple. And I mean like less than five to like the higher performing <laughs> stores, like the, the, the nook, uh, or sorry, the Barnes and Noble store at union square in New York, right. which is like their flagship store. You know, they can send more there, but you know, this is the type of thing where it's like, they didn't see the demand coming for this. So it's like, they're like, should, you know, obviously we're going to do more colors is what they told me. So, you know, now that they've seen the demand for it, they would be silly not to like do other colors as well as, uh, go back to and make a another run of like do another production run of the pro pink in time for like the holiday season like black friday like and, and going forward like right. that's that's all they're thinking about right now is like the holiday season like they mentioned that to me like 10 times during like our hour-long conversation is like this is like everything that we're gearing up towards right now, we're not even thinking about back to school or, uh, you know, all the stuff. It's like the holiday season, like is what they're planning out. And apparently they are, they developed like a lot of signage that they're going to put in all the bookstores to advertise the nook and advertise buying eBooks and audiobooks uh, in the stores. So like for the first time in like a long time, they're now going to just have the nooks, like by the customer service area, like they started doing a couple of years ago, they're going to go back to like dedicated Nook display units now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, last one of our lives, I think two or three lives ago, we had a Barnes and Noble um, mole, <laughs> not a mole. It almost like it. We had a Barnes and Noble ex employee in our chat and they were going over the fact like, oh yeah, most of the stores have abandoned all of the nook uh what do you call like um you know flyers and the the, the tables and the banners and like if you do have a, a location that has it it's like at the very back of the room and it was um it was weird to to hear that nook was like not present in a lot of these places but um uh it's good to know that they're coming back now. Yeah, I, I mean, this they, they, were, so... they were banished by the customer service, like, area, like, behind the counter. Right. So it's like you couldn't even, like, try before you buy anymore because they were just, like, locked behind a case or, like, inside of, like, a, like, I don't know, like a cabinet or something. Yeah. Um, I, I think this pink is so refreshing to have. It's not only is it, yeah. Going back to what you said, Mike, there's no way they could have kept the black front and the pink back. That would not work. I'm not some fashion mogul, but there would be no way you're like, oh, it's a normal e-reader. Oh, geez, look at that pink. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't doesn't flow. This thing's like something you want to keep on your coffee table. The pink is so like candy pink. It's so nice. And it looks good anywhere in the room. The front is white super refreshing to see a white front i don't think they've done a white front since like 
what 2015 with the the nook glow light where it had that weird gold back it looked like a bar of soap that was terrible yeah but the, barnes and noble has done a 180 on their lineup man um we did a 10-year wrap-up actually it's on our youtube channel on uh barnes and noble from the very beginning all the way to now and um I can tell you that this new refreshed line of Barnes and Noble devices is just so nice. They're they're like getting back into the swing of things. They almost have a full line. Um, you know, they may be working on something bigger. That's like you know something to be talked about down the pipeline. But uh, it's looking really good for them. Yeah. So they never told me explicitly, but um, you doesn't take too much to put two plus two plus two. One plus one. Well, apparently it does, man. We can't even. Does uh, two, two and two. Yeah. I think so is the same. Um, two and two. You know two. the 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 Nook Glowlight Plus the it's seven point eight. Uh, the Glowlight Plus is seven point eight. Yeah, yeah. So that's been basically out of stock since like February. Yeah. Right. And, What's um, up? What from what I was like told is that they're not going to like put an order in for the manufacturer to make more. So because they said that, it's like obviously they're going to make like a new one at some point. So, um, you know, between now and like I, I feel it's going to be released this year. They never told me like when and where they're like when we have something to announce, we'll announce like, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, I, I kind of have a feeling that like it's probably going to be released like this year because like in that regard, they would have like refresh the entire like nook lineup like the nook glow light 4 came out like late you know december 2021 uh the yeah. nook uh glow light 4e came out this year so it's like they you know if they would have done like the a new version of the 7.8 they would have refreshed their entire lineup within one calendar year which is yeah you know for, for Un barnes and noble like them. it's shocking that that's like, insane man yeah. they usually just have like one e-reader and they're like yep this is our e-reader it's like where oh geez there it is does it do much it's like eh. <laughs> why aren't you guys focusing on this anymore hey don't walk away from me and then they just like go back to the starbucks that's always inside a barnes and noble yeah so uh yeah man i i really i i'm really liking these these companies coming back like barnes and noble is definitely making a comeback me book has made a huge comeback they've rounded out their whole lineup they got three devices right now it's uh it's really nice high read the the guys that you just landed um they have i don't know if you guys know we actually just talked about this in a meeting the other day they have six devices in their lineup, High Read, and a color device. Well, they're going to be releasing a color device in September, but we're taking well, pre-orders for it now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was on their like their 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 drop down on their um, landing page. Yeah. You can like you know see it. So like they got a lot of stuff, man. Like these companies are just coming out of the woodworks this year. 2021, 2022 has had. I mean, we say this almost every year because it just seems to compound. But like, there's more released every year on year than the previous year just more and more big me was the largest in terms of quantity they had like 14 units they threw into the mix me books on their way back boy you still kind of taking an administrative role in the offices they're not really building anymore high read came out of nowhere um high sense released the the touch the touch museum uh the a9 uh the high reader like geez man it's just it's hard to keep up yeah man yeah Ah, oh, some good stuff. Good times, good times. What are we talking about now? What else do we have on here? What did you write? Uh, we got the Nook, the Ink Note. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Someone actually taught, was asking about Kobo. We haven't heard anything from Kobo in a long time, man. Like, the Sage came and it's like, cool. The Ellipsa came. It's like, all right. Ellipsa's on sale right now. Nia, no one gives two Santa Claus poopoos about because I'm just sorry, but Nia's the worst thing Kobo's ever done. <laughs> it's true. Kobo's great. But the Nia, what is, that shouldn't have come from them. So, yeah, dude, enlighten us. What's going on with Kobo? So, yeah, they have too many devices in their lineup. <laughs> uh, however, the I think that they're only going to release one new device this year, which will be a replacement for the Clara. Um, oh, so yeah. they'll sort of do like a Clara two or whatever kind of HD ish six inch, not the low end Nia six. No. So this is the, the Clara you can think of it as like their entry level device that has 300 PPI. Whereas like the yeah. Clara is like 167 PPI. Yeah. The, the, like the Nia literal garbage worsty reader that Kobe was ever released. <laughs> the worst thing they've ever yeah. Seen. It's yeah. like, it's not even that cheap too, you know, considering like what, what it does for you. Uh, but oh, yeah, dude, if it was, if it was what it was, but it was forty nine ninety nine, oh, that's awesome. But it, no, it wasn't even that. Yeah. It's like generally a hundred dollars, you know, is what you're going to pay for it. Where yeah. if you're going to spend like a hundred, uh, spend like 130 and buy like the Clara, you know, cause at least you're getting like a 300 PPI screen and overdrive, you know, that's right. Uh, so that's right. any of the books you're reading are just going to like look a little bit better, but yeah. So the only thing that I've heard is that the Clara will be, uh, refreshed this year and everything else is just like too new. Like the Lipsa, the Sage, the Libra 2 all came out in like oh, yeah. various stages of like 2021. And Kobo is generally like on like a three year to four year product like cycle. Yeah, look at the Forma, right? Yeah. So like they're still selling the Forma, although that that will be discontinued because it's basically supplanted by the Sage. You know what I mean? So they still sell the Forma uh, like a lot of stores do, but they're yeah. not going to make like a Forma 2 or anything like that. No, there wouldn't be any reason to do that. You know what I found is after the Sage, uh, just a lot of the Kobo stuff right now isn't breaking through. Nothing's really making a massive impact like the paper white, it's like all the rage. I mean, with everyone and anyone, right? Like paper white. The the Nook uh, with this new color variant and the fact that they're refreshing their line and they did an E, an entry-level version. It's like, wow, lots going on. Kobo, they're not down and out. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, I'm talking. It's just, it feels like they're not making as big of an impact as they should have with like the first Libra. I was like, whoa. And the, uh, the, the, when the Aqua came out, I was like, oh man. And the form, I was like, oh, this is groundbreaking. Whip out the air guitar. And now it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They have a lineup and the Nia soured that a little bit. And the Sage is like kind of expensive. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't feel like they're massively in the spotlight right now. Uh, yeah. So I have like just a few things like to go over really quick. Yeah. yeah so, of course. uh, Britney Spears is going to be releasing a <laughs> memoir 
it's done, but it's delayed due to like the paper shortage. So it's okay, like one um, of the, it's kind of relevant. It's one of the things that are like affecting like the, the the book publishing industry right now is that there is like a paper shortage, basically due to like the pandemic. You know, so there's actually a paper shortage. Yeah. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah. So okay. that's why this is like a bit of a story because like a lot of people are not. Um, okay, so according to Publishers Weekly. Uh, there are many reasons for the global paper shortage, including production labor shortages, shipping issues, and an increased demand for books during the COVID-19 pandemic. So as you know, like during like the pandemic, all bookstores were closed. So everyone was ordering books like online and it was mainly, you know, eBooks were enjoying like, uh, you know, in 2021 and 2000 and, and 2020, uh, ebook sales were suddenly going through the roof instead of being declined oh. and paper books like hardcover and paperbacks and mass like mass markets um those were actually going up almost double digits too so now that there's a, like a paper shortage so even like for you know britney spears well-known name you know like if that book gets like published anytime between now and like the end of the year it's going to be like the type of book that like a lot of people are going to buy um so but the fact that it a, a surefire bestseller like this isn't coming out that that's very telling that like you know if she's affected by the paper shortage how many other authors are like want to publish books that are affected by the paper shortage oh uh, yeah the smaller players are probably like oh man like i'm out yeah. because that's the way it works the supply and demand right like you know onyx has the ability to say hey i want ten thousand screens well a smaller company's like well can i have 200 it's like no i'm gonna give it to onyx they want more screens you can wait same thing with paper it's like yo man britney spears is in line i'm not gonna send I'm not gonna give you a stack of paper to you for your 101 on how to cook an egg. Like we're wearing Britney Spears here. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Square Enix. Uh, oh, here often we go. For like you know, uh, SquareSoft mm -hmm. back in the day making like Final Fantasy games and and everything. Oh, they still are. They they've yeah. just released an English version of their Manga Up app. So this oh, like cool. launched. It was Japanese only. Uh, when it launched in 2017, but now they've just released like in the last like four or five days, uh, an English version of their app. So uh, you can cool. buy manga and like stuff like, um, I don't know, full metal alchemist, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, the apothecary diaries, the Royal tutor. It's like all this like stuff that's like, you know, uh, is it wrong to try to pick up girls in the dungeon? Very good anime. Uh, Go Goblin Slayer, also a good anime. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they have like a lot of like stuff that's like bestsellers, but as well yeah. as like stuff that's like fringy. So um, the first few chapters are available for to read for free on their website uh, and their app for like Android or like iOS. And one of the things that they've like had is some controversy where they are, um, they have like black borders, like around cleavage. Like if they're oh. wearing a bikini, they'll totally just like block out the entire bikini with like a black, like, you know, like a black, like sensor, like, like image and stuff like that. So they're not like a lot of like this manga, especially like, being released by like viz or like uh kudashi yeah, 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 and yeah, stuff yeah. like that it's like they're not releasing like you know 
like naked imagery. You know what I mean? It's like very rare that like they would do something like that. But Square is going the extra distance of like censoring like someone who's wearing a bikini, like for girls who wear bikinis, and they censor the entire like top of like it. So you wouldn't they, even see cleavage. Um, I know. They're doing this because uh they stated, in consideration of each mobile platform's policy, policies, some modifications were unavoidable to release the app to the whole world outside of Japan. This is not limited to English-speaking countries. Uh, some countries like Indonesia have heavy censorship rules. So it's basically yeah. like, it's just not like an English version, which is like really what I'm talking about because like, you know, all of our audience speaks and writes English for the most part or understands yeah. it up to a point. But, you yeah. know, they do have a version, like versions of these apps that are available like in other countries. So they yeah. have, they, you know, from their point of view, they have to censor it just because of like modesty values and say the Middle East or in, in like, Muslim like countries and stuff like that where like, you know, modesty stuff is very serious, which is like yeah. why, you know, there's strict dress codes for like a lot of men and women for like the most part, you know, so yeah, uh, I, I've, uh, I've, I've been in Japan for off and on for like seven years. And I can tell you that Japan is more open with those kind of things like sexuality and that kind of nature. So you won't really see any of that here. And like when, and I've been playing games on both sides of the ocean. When you play a game in Japanese, it's a little more risque. But then when you play it in, in Canada or America, the NTSC, uh, NTSC version, it's, it's more censored. The way like, you know, a character wouldn't swear as much. A character wouldn't say these things that would be like, you know... Um, uh, uh, like racy. subjective in in nature, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, they go as far as like you know Kirby, for example, is a pink character from Nintendo. He's a very he's a he's a strong, powerful fighter, and he's got a little bit of a frown to him. Every single Kirby game that hits America, all the people are like, no, 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 that's not good. So Nintendo's like, okay, fine, no frowns in America, and it's true. Go Google it. Every Kirby game in Japan, he'll be like, I'm ready to go. But in Canada, he's smiling and happy, little rose petals floating around and stuff because they can't have that. They have to, to, to cater things for the taste of people that are a little bit more snowflakey. And I'm Canadian, and I can tell you that it's true. We are more snowflakey. Something happens. The first thing you do is you whip out your phone. I'm recording this. Oh, you've offended me. I'm, 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 I'm scared from it. It's just so like, oh, my God. In Japan, it's just more like, just relax, okay? Like, this is what it is. It's creative freedom, and I want to make it this way, but it just doesn't work. Like you said, Indonesia has heavy censorship. Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, there's a lot of places just are a little bit more censored that they just can't have that happen. And, yeah, someone just said, MZ, said they should properly be rated rather than censored. I agree. If something should be risque, it should be rated as such, maybe adult in Canada, not just censored entirely, because then you're taking away from how it was created in the first place. And that's not really fair. So, um, yeah, I totally agree. Like, uh, I remember in the 90s when anime first came over to America on Teletoon, there was nudity in regular anime that North America wasn't ready for. They were like, oh, what the heck is this? Like, yeah, okay, so and when they say nudity, it's here. like you might see like, um, like 
uh, like half a butt showing when they're changing or something like that. Dude, dude Dragon Ball was a, when it got dubbed into English had nude scenes in it. I, I that's it, it was a real thing. You saw Goku's wiener. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And you saw the other characters' breasts and stuff like that. It was a real thing. It wasn't a weird pornographic version. It was just uh, Dragon Ball. Yeah. And when it got into Canada. They weren't ready for it. So a lot of these things hit Teletoon and like YTV at night and there was all this nudity on them and it got shut down probably in six months before they started putting like, okay, this ninja anime from Japan is risque. It has to be adult. It can only air on this channel, pay-per-view, etc. So like when uh, all this anime and video games hit Canada and America in the 90s at Blockbuster and stuff, they weren't ready for this divide of like, you know, risque adult stuff versus like you know regular child stuff like pokemon and stuff so uh pokemon had an episode with a gun in it and they did not air it in canada because they weren't ready for having a gun on there beast wars was called beasties in canada because war was bad so like yeah dude it's it's happened ever since like you know the very beginning they had like it's always been like that <laughs> so i get it i'm not surprised they had to censor it because the way it goes i guess yeah and i mean you know a lot of people especially you know i would i would say there's more negativity uh on the square like manga app than there is positive like if yeah. you look at twitter about it and it's just like people are just uploading screenshots of unreasonable like uh someone's wearing a crop top so they'll censor the belly like of the belly just showing and, and that's the type of stuff that they'll censor. It's not like they're censoring nudity. It's like, you know, if there's a scene where like a butt crack is showing, they'll censor yeah. like the entire back, you know? Yeah. And it's like, people are just like, it's unreasonably censored. I um, know. It's it's this age, man. Everyone's just upset over the smallest things. You call someone who's a they, a he, and that's it. Your life is over. Yeah, and I mean, so that's, that's on really only in North America is the yeah. whole pronoun thing really pronounced like i yeah. you know i've been to europe i've been to like a lot of countries in asia yeah. people really aren't using it's not a, it's not a thing yeah it's, it's not, not a, a thing. thing like people no. the whole pronoun thing like he him they there it's pretty well just a north american thing yep. mainly an american thing um you know if you go to like <laughs> even true. like central america people aren't like that's not a thing, you know. You no, visit, like in you, Peter, you live in Japan. A lot of people just are Yeah, people just no, don't use pronouns there. Like when I was in Taiwan, people weren't using pronouns. No. It was like, you know, it, it's yeah. sort of so in, in talking about censorship and, and all this type of stuff and, you know, East-West type of values and stuff like that. Even, you know, a lot of people are uh, in, on, in the world, it's like, you know, censorship really isn't a thing you know but you right. know for certain markets it is for certain markets like some people sensibilities are a little bit more sensitive you know That's so right. uh, can they handle it <laughs> you know who knows <laughs> uh anyways uh shonen it? jump uh 
you know, they're, they're, they're the guys that own, like, Viz. Uh, yeah. They will be getting... So Shonen Jump Plus will get simultaneous English releases in 2023. So the day that it, uh, the manga is released, like, in Japan, it'll be automatically converted to English. And this Ooh. is using the Manga Plus app for, like, Android. Cool. So, That's Or nice. iOS, too. So basically, those apps are being used by, like, 5 million people, like, daily. So... It's, you know, this isn't just like a small app. This is like, this is big. So they have like all the big, like Nautaro and One Piece and, you know, yeah. all the, you know, uh, attack on Titan and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. all those, all those like things like, um, you know, say like, uh, Spy X Family, uh, Dragon oh, Ball, yeah, that's coming uh, Slam Dunk, One Piece, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, you know, all of those originally started as like half a chapter type of thing in like these like weekly manga magazines but oh you know, demon slayer started as like a little thing and now it's they have demon slayer store uh stores here yeah they have like, like a movie <laughs> that they just released too yeah yeah like you go into a mall they have demon slayer stores i'm not joking you go to a fabric shop they have the guy the main guy tanjiro with the green and black checker you can buy rolls of it it's always sold out of his fabric and it's just insane man like the the movement uh, over anime here yeah, is just so, mental like a lot like assassination classroom like all those types of things were like in shonen jump so yeah. like uh both like the manga you know sort of like they do it like weekly sometimes monthly uh but you know it you know it's like um 160 page like issue and like you know some of the manga that was just like unknown at the time ended up blowing up and you know now now it has like dedicated manga and stuff like that yep. but it all started from like you know this short form like a few like maybe like half a chapter in like a magazine it's like oh i kind it's of true. like this i want to see more of it you know that's kind so, of interesting yeah. to think about that too yeah so the way it all kind of humble beginning this is like a way that you can kind of like see, read like even the like chapters and all those manga that i mentioned uh and plus you can discover like new series that will likely become like you know the best-selling manga of like the future and stuff like yeah. that so uh it all starts with like you know uh say like crunchy where they'll air stuff oh, yeah. in english the same day that it airs in japan and they're sort of just doing this now with like the the written manga both uh it's mainly i'm talking about the digital releases so yeah, this yeah. is like a way that you can sort of like uh you know with shonen jump it's sort of like not censored like the square app is um yeah. the kobo ellipsa and clara hd are on sale on amazon right now as well as the kobo website both uh kobo.com the american site and kobo.ca so if you're looking for uh the ellipsa pack which comes with a sleep cover the device and a stylus uh that's on sale it's basically like 10% slash 15% off on these devices. So it's not like a huge savings or anything like that. Um, yeah, well, money's money. And it's for some uh, provinces and states, 15% is their tax. So uh, that's good. Uh, all pocketbook readers can now read uh, AZW formats. So oh, yeah. pocketbook has just released like a firmware update for, okay, let's say the InkPad, the InkPad 3 Pro, TouchLux 4, TouchLux 5, InkPad Lite, InkPad Color, 
pocketbook color and pocketbook era so they've but not the basic lux 3 no uh, i don't think so because that's their that's like their newest device the basic lux 3 yeah so this oh. is just what's been announced like in the last week so they're probably okay. will um push a forward update for that but it's basically yeah. like support for azw and azw3 formatted books nice. so uh they'll finally nice. be able to like support that uh on their e-readers so good <laughs> it's an amazon friendly format so um one of the benefits about that over moby is that there's like better typography so like fonts will be darker if you sideload in the type of content uh that's good yeah kobo e-readers can now change font size by gesture so uh, oh yeah kobo good. has just issued a new firmware update for most of their modern e-readers like everything you can think of everything but the kobo mini uh so you can now change the font size using a pinch gesture so as you pinch on an ebook a circular preview window will appear allowing you to nice. see the font size as you adjust it as a you, circular? Yeah, so you'll see like wow. a circular preview window, um, like on like the ebook. So as yeah, you pinch okay. and zoom the font, you'll sort of get like a preview yeah, yeah. window of what it will Why look like. Circular, I wonder. Uh, you hmm. can toggle this feature on or off in reader Good. settings, and there's been some PDF enhancements. Um, so basically, in the past, when you were reading PDFs on uh, Kobo's. And say you pinch and zoom and you find that sweet spot in like a book that you've like loaded. Once yeah. you turn a page, that's all gone. So you have to like sort of re-pinch and zoom to get like that sweet spot again. So that's been fixed. So if you're reading a PDF and you pinch and zoom and you're like, okay, this document's now showing perfectly. When you turn a page, that that zoom level will be preserved now. Oh, so, nice. So Kobo is almost like one of the only brands that like, actually support that almost every other brand if you pinch and zoom like on a pdf file yeah and you're like yeah you know especially with like scanlations or uh pdfs yeah. you've downloaded mm -hmm. online sometimes like the borders are too big and you want to you want to crop out the borders so that like you know fits the screen perfectly once you do that that at least on kobo's now you can just turn pages and all that will be right. saved for each page that you turn so interesting um you know the Sage and Ellipsa with large screens, you know, that's going to be the most noticeable because those yeah, are yeah, PDF yeah. editors. You know, they come with styluses where you could like view and edit PDF. So that's going to make like a huge uh, difference. M MZ just said, are you going to make a little video showcasing these updates? I mean, that that's probably a really good idea because that's a lot of updates. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't know if you can confirm this, Mike, but and I don't remember when it started. But we just tried. Remember yesterday, you're like, hey, man, can you look for like Libby on a Kobo Sage? And I was like, yeah, sure. You can't start a Kobo device without signing in and downloading the Kobo desktop app. I could not seem to get past it. Um, it got to start it up, choose your language, choose your Wi-Fi, and... I hit an absolute wall and it said, go to Kobo.com slash desktop and download the desktop app. And I'm like, oh, I'll do that later. Oh, how do I continue? And I pressed back and went back to Wi-Fi. Went forward, desktop app. I don't know when that started, but you can't start up a Kobo 
without downloading and plugging in. And there's like a, a, a photo is like a, an image of, of him plugging it into your laptop. And I was like, Oh, okay. When did that happen? Cause I don't recall that happening on all the devices except the Sage. I don't know if you can. Oh, someone just bitter almonds just said, yeah, my Kobo mini gets stuck on that. Okay. This wasn't always a thing. I think but no, maybe it is. It on... was, it was, it, you know, there was a time when that didn't happen. So it's more That's of like, right. it's okay. more of a recent type of thing that Good. in one of the firmware updates, you know, is sort of kind of probably buried in like the release notes and stuff, right. which like, you know, I, I could see why, because with the Kobo desktop app, you can, you know, you can download and install firmware updates, like using the Kobo sure. desktop app. And you can also use it by sending documents like to your, to your device, like, be with it being plugged into like USB yeah, yeah. rather than dragging and dropping with like Windows Explorer. So it, it's just like it's more geared towards like noobs, like and, and, yeah. and people who are like newer I, to like e readers than I it agree. is like a, you know people that have had multiple e readers over the years and know how to use Caliber or know you know you at least know how to sideload in your own apps or ebooks. Right, but you can't not. You know what I mean? I can't even skip it to start my unit. Yeah. I, I can't even. And then, yeah, like it was, it was totally, I was like, wait a second. Kobo shouldn't be doing this. Like no one else does that. Like a couple Chinese companies do that. Can't, you know, you cannot proceed unless you do X, but this was Kobo. I was a little bit surprised yeah. that, that happened. So yeah, weird. one of the reasons why we were testing the Kobo is because there's been a number of libraries that have announced lately that they're no longer going to be supporting Overdrive, but they're going to be right. now supporting Libby. Uh, most notably the um, Toronto group, the greater Toronto like library, which like every year at Overdrive, they're like in the top two or three of the libraries that have loaned out the most eBooks and audiobooks yeah. like on a yearly basis. So they're not a small like library, like even by like worldwide standards, it's like they're at the top of wow. lending out the most eBooks and audiobooks. Cause like, you know, Toronto is, I think is like the most populous, like, like area in Canada. Like there's Probably. the most people there. That's like, you know, Toronto is like the center of Canada pretty well, all but yeah. in like name. Um, so they, they've <laughs> said that they're no longer going to be able to support overdrive. So we were like thinking, does that affect Kobo e-readers? Because yeah. Kobo has like overdrive APIs. And if somebody just supports Libby, does that mean that you won't be able to like borrow library books from using a Kobo e-reader? So we have to, you know, basically, you know, when we like looked and tested it, books didn't really say overdrive compatible or Libby compatible. They were just like, you enter your library card yeah, number kind of and just felt your, your like branch like pops up in the UI or whatever. And you can right. read and borrow books right on your Kobo. So, but there really isn't any distinction between overdrive supported books or Libby supported books. So... This is something I'm going to have to ask Kobo because more, you know, as you guys maybe have known and have an iOS or Android devices, uh, the main OverDrive app was pretty well 
like you couldn't download new versions of it about as about six months ago and right. overdrive said that they're going to kill it off completely uh by the end of 2022 and they're only going to be supporting the libby app going forward so uh libby app is like newer better design principles like it's pretty well the old overdrive media council supported like videos and like audio like music and stuff like that whereas you know libby pretty well just supports like books audiobooks and that's about it so yeah. you know that's the type of stuff that's most people are being digitally like anyways I, I think it supports a few other things but i haven't really tested it like extensively i just know that like a lot of people a lot of people like it and so you know it supports the types of things that they kind of like to do so um but in kobo's built-in overdrive compatibility i kind of think that they're using their overdrive api to pull books exclusively so i don't really know besides that okay i was just adjusting something yeah no i hear you um you should do some digging and find out on the uh on both fronts because yeah we need to hear it from them because uh yeah well it's better to hear from the horse's mouth is that right yeah what does that even mean i know how to use it but what does that mean hear it from the horse's mouth horses don't say anything huh leave a comment down below <laughs> yeah if you know where that <laughs> idiom came from we'd like yeah. to know that's um, right. So next month, uh, so like basically here, it's it's July thirty first, but right. um, starting I think like August, uh -huh. uh, a lot of Kindles won't be able to uh, access the bookstore anymore. So. Oh, yeah. That was the thing we wrote about a while back, and it's finally happening. Yep. Huh? So Kindle second gen, uh, Kindle DX. Kindle keyboard, Kindle fourth That's gen, fifth gen are on the chopping block. So, um, yeah, those will not lo no longer be able to have like connections to like the Amazon bookstore. So you won't be able to uh, add books to your wish list. You won't be able to buy books on the Kindles. Uh, you won't be able to like do anything on them anymore. So the only <laughs> you know what the worst guy you know who has it the worst out of all of this what the DX because. You can't get books from the store. It doesn't have Wi-Fi, and you can't use the 3G. Oh, my God. Nail in the coffin. At least the other devices have Wi-Fi, but because they got rid of 3G, too, remember? So, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, the, the DX just got, like, the triple, just, like, just annihilated on all fronts. Yeah, but it, it's hella old. <sighs> so a lot of these e-readers are like, you know, they're more than like 12 years old at this point. Like, so they're super old. But then again, like, I know probably a lot of people who, who don't listen or, or you know, view our channel and stuff like that. I've seen people use like second gen Kindles, like on the SkyTrain or like on the bus and stuff. On the yeah, rare yeah. occasion that I'll do it, it's like they're using like kindles with physical buttons on them you know what i mean and that's like total that, that's that's a lot that's saying something because the touch didn't have it the voyage had it kind of the little haptic things but the physical buttons died out on Can, the, remember the, the paper, kindle uh, keyboard the kindle 3 that the kindle keyboard that's the kindle 3 yeah that's that's when they died basically yeah uh, there's a couple users on our, uh, chat here. They said, uh, they still use the Kobo mini. Someone said they're still using their Nook simple touch from 10, uh, Luis, 
M Godine's M, oh, two M's, said, um, I'm, I'm still using my Simple Touch after 10 years. Works great. So, yeah, there's people that, like, diehard fans that just, uh, you know, they will use their older stuff. Yeah, I mean, so, there's yeah. really nothing wrong with older stuff because I guess in the e-reader industry, screen tech doesn't move as fast as it does, like, doesn't, smartphones. does not. You know, like would you upgrade you know people tend to like upgrade their phones like every generation or two you know because it's like oh do you want a screen with 120 like you know uh 125 megahertz like refresh screen and stuff like that so you know switching yeah. between screens I know people are that bought, more seamless i know people that bought a phone for like a thousand dollars and then 128 hertz version came out the gen later and they bought it and i'm like Okay, well, what was that? And they're like, oh, it's got 120 hertz. I'm like, yeah. It does make a big difference when you're scrolling no, no. screens or scrolling up and down <laughs> or launching apps. I know, but then I'm like, okay, what do you do? And they're like, oh, Candy Crush. I'm like, oh, okay, well, number one, do you need a $1,000 device to play freaking Candy Crush? Number two, what is a hertz? And they're like, oh, you know, I don't know. It's just faster. I'm like, you don't even know what it is. And I'm not looking down on them. I don't know what a lot of medical stuff is, but you know what I mean? You can't like preach to people like, oh, so it's got 120 hertz. And you do this like, you know, this measurement contest with everyone around you. It's like, okay, well, what do you do on your phone? I don't know, like Instagram. It's like, oh my God, do you really need four cameras on your phone when you're not even an influencer? You're literally just scrolling through people's feeds. I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I mean, phones are getting out so, of hand. So man. what, you know, how we're tying this up is with e-reader tech doesn't really move as yeah, fast. It like, doesn't. It, every, every four or five years, maybe that there's like a new type of thing. Like it all started with, you know, Pearl and then like, you know, Carta, then Carta HD. Yeah. Mobius. Then now there's like Ian Carta 1200 or 1250. Uh, there's yeah. uh front lights. And then there was like front lights, you know, that was like blue screens. And then it was like front yeah. light with like, you know, white LEDs. And then there was yeah. like color temperature systems. So, you know, over the years, there's like different types of small iterative changes when it comes to like yeah. e-readers. But fundamentally e-readers, whether you buy and use a device that's like 10 or 15 years old or something you buy today, the experience of reading books really doesn't change too much. It doesn't. But... There no. is a big change, like using something that's 300 PPI. That's the one that's thing that the, I noticed. That's the kicker. Yeah, yep, that's the kicker. Yeah, if you if you open up like an older, uh, an older Sony, for example, we did that time capsule review. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, it's cool. I can read it. It's fine. But then you go to like a Paperwhite Five, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And then you go back to the older device and you're like, ah, oh, what is this garbage? Because it, it really does change the game. The, uh, the pixel density changes everything. Yeah, from like, you know, basically what PPI is and why it makes a big difference is like, it, com it comes with like the sharpness of the fonts and anti-aliasing. So with like, you know, 167, uh, 127 PPI, um, you know, even like 212 PPI, the yeah. lower the PPI, the, the each like character of like the font is either a little bit fuzzy with like yeah. anti-aliasing or it's like pixel perfect. So 
when you hear about PPI, you generally want to get an e-reader that's 300 PPI, especially if you read a lot. If you read just casually, maybe like a book a month or something like that, maybe like a couple books a month, sure, you know, a lower PPI screen is fine. But for someone that's like reading often on their e-reader, you owe it to yourself to like get something that's like 300 PPI. And high PPI doesn't necessarily mean expensive. Um, you can get something for like a hundred bucks. That's like 300 PPI, uh, from the brand you already do business with like the Kindle basic, for example, like flagship Amazon entry level thing. And that's not even 300 PPI. I think it's like either 112 maybe. Yeah. Or... I think it's like 212. And when you compare like the basic versus the paperweight, like screen on screen, there's a big difference. Like when it comes to like yeah. fonts. So I'm not like a font expert by any means. Like it's something that I don't really know that well. Uh, same with like PPI, you know, pixels per inch and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm not a font expert by far. Like, so, but I know that there's like a big difference between lower PPI and higher PPI. And it's, it's about just the reading experience. And I do know that, you know, from doing a lot of side-by-side -side yep. comparisons over the years, because we do that with like, whenever there's sort of like, you know, the paper yep. white, uh, <clears throat> you know, the last generation paper white and this generation's paper white, you know, we'll do a comparison, see what the, the differences are. So we, we've kind of done that pretty well as a goodie reader company for many times over the years. So, you know, just from putting the old generation lower PPI versus the higher PPI, it, it makes a big difference. So that, you know, that's basically yeah. it. Yeah, no, it does. Um, and it's not easy to show on camera because it's going from the device to a camera to an editing software to YouTube to the internet to your computer screen to your face. It's not easy to show that. But when you have it in yeah. your in front of you, yeah, it, it definitely it's not like night and day because that would be ridiculous. It's not like I can't see it. Suddenly I can. It's just, it's noticeably different. The curved letters of the O are now smooth. Whereas like on the, the older one, they'd be a little bit jagged, a little bit fuzzy, you know? So, um, yeah, density is, uh, has, yeah, has everything to do with the screen, everything. So before we wrap it up for today, uh, we've done a lot of reviews lately. Uh, we yeah. reviewed the Amazon fire seven tablet, uh, the yeah. Barnes and Noble Galoli for pink, we released uh -huh. uh, the MeBook P10 Pro. Yeah. The Pocketbook Era. Oh, and the iFlyTech. Woo! Yeah, so yeah. out of everything that we've reviewed like pretty well in the last like week <laughs> or like a week or two, what is like your favorite device? Oh, man, the iFlyTech is the greatest. I'll tell you right now, man. You know, no, it's terrible. Uh, favorite device. Let's see. Um, oh, Favorite device of the ones we've reviewed, ones we uploaded, or ones that we've reviewed? Because it's some stuff in the works. Yeah, let's just say the stuff that like is on YouTube right now is on YouTube. Um, probably that P10. Probably that P10's got to be good. Um, it's it. Bo if you guys don't know, if you didn't watch it, Boyu still kind of makes it. They've they've taken a, a job behind the desk, um, and they're kind of like more of the foreman they're like do that do this and then how king is the chinese company that makes it and me book is the new brand that it's being sold under but that p10 man to get google play with a glow light and audio with a note-taking um uh, note-taking stylus and have it all in one complete package for 349 dollars 
that's not a sales pitch. That's real. That's really good because comparable devices are like 450, 500, 700 at times. And this thing's three, it's $350. And if you buy it used, it's even cheaper. Uh, that's a good deal, especially because I, I remember four years ago, three years ago, the Oasis was like $419. So to get like a fully blown out Android 11 Google Play note taking slate for 350 is really good. I'm going to say out of the ones we've done recently, that's the best one. Uh, yeah, I would probably say the pocketbook era. Um, oh, that was, it's, damn, I didn't even realize that like too. It's like easily accessible, um, yeah. you know, me book, like book, how King boy, you, it's like the whole, it's very confusing, um, it is. about what's going on with those companies. And like, it's not easy to like find those products online other than our store. And we're pretty well the only online blog that even talks about them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a YouTube channel, like we're the only like English speaking, like company that even like talks about it. Everything else, like if you just Google it, it's all just Chinese sites. But uh, pocketbook it's era, hard. I think pocketbook has been making e-readers like they're celebrating like their 15th anniversary. Um, yeah, it's like 199 bucks for like, you know, their entry level model. So it's like half the price is like the, 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 like the, like the me book one. Um, it has support for like more fonts than anybody. It supports like manga formats. It, you know, it's, a, you basically use it as a sideloaded only device, or you could like get books from like the pocketbook store, which is yeah. slowly growing. They actually that have an audiobook cool store on their, like devices now. So not only do you, can you just download ebooks from pocketbook, but you can actually now download audiobooks from pocketbook. Uh, yeah. So, they have a toggle on the store. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like they're, they're, they're growing up now. Um, they're seeing the value of audiobooks and you know, it's, it's a very user friendly device. Uh, it certainly yeah. doesn't have Google play, but for an ebook reader that could do everything, I think it's a pretty good alternative to like the the bigger players in the industry because uh, a pocketbook you you're not locked into any ecosystem. You can just silo in whatever books that you want, whether they have DRM or not. Um, yeah, you know, so it, it plays nicely with a, a, like Adobe content servers and things like that. So you can use Adobe Digital Editions to silo in content. So I mean, library books, sure, load them in. You know. Um, Books you bought and from... it's a great looking device. Yeah, too. they totally. revamped the front. They chiseled the sides. They put a new backing on. They even have this complete mystery thing where you crack open the back panel. You're meant to do that, and it has all the regulatory information. And it's got a uh, accessory uh, jack on the back for like cases or I don't know what it already They're has for cases. Physical we, we sell the era cases. So there's there's two different cases. There's like leather. Oh, they are for that. Yeah. They're like pogo well, Why do pins. they need electronics? Because it control. It's for the sleep cover. You don't need sleep. You don't need electronics for sleep. I just think that they are doing it a little bit differently. Oh, okay, yeah, because uh, I saw them on our site uh, recently. I think the store added them, and I was like, okay, cases. But that still didn't explain why they had a five-pin copper contact at the back. Because like, if you're putting if you're putting physical page turns like the Leaf did. The leaf itself body didn't have page turn buttons, but the era does. So why would you need that to add a case with patron buttons? And no device needs electronics for sleep. 
It's not I don't know. Have you so reviewed the weird. cases yet? I have not. I don't even have any of the, okay. the cases. Okay, I'll, in the, I'll in get the them to send here. you cases. Yeah, do it up. That'd be awesome. I would like to see what else plugs into that because, dude, five five contact points is a lot. I mean, that's like a keyboard. So uh, that'd be interesting to see what's going to be uh, going on with that. Yeah, from the pictures, they didn't really show any contact pins. Right. So, um, but I do know that they only have two different style cases, like yeah, uh, like leather ones and like fabric ones, and nice. they come in like two or three. Oh, it's like hard shell and something else. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I saw them. Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't really reviewed them yet, so it's sort of hard to say or uh, you know what they're all about minus like the actual right. pictures that like we've seen. So uh, that about wraps the show up for this week. That was fun. You guys are very uh, awesome. You guys have been incredibly vocal. Hundreds of comments here. This is, this is fantastic. We very much appreciate you guys always st uh, sticking around and standing by. Uh, as you know, Michael has his uh, radio show that he does uh, uh, via podcast. Uh, we do the live showcases every week, Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. And uh, standing out this month, we just started with collaborating with some of our distributors with the idea. And uh, we are doing the Goody Reader Raffle, in which case you can go to the um, uh, link that you will see in the video and the link I just sent there, and you can buy raffle tickets. And what this does is it's aside from the contest we're doing, this one actually gives you entries into winning big things. Like we're doing a DPT RP1, which at this point is like $1,000. So if you buy raffle tickets, you can buy as many as you want. Uh, at the end of the month, we'll do a draw, and we'll give that device to you based on the raffle ticket. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a new thing we're doing that our distributors have also been jumping on. And uh, we, of course, uh, teamed up with Barnes & Noble yet again and are doing a contest for free on our YouTube channel if you want the Nook Pink. Yeah, so basically, as you guys know, we do contests where we give away, like, a review units or something, like, that That a company has, like, sent us. So we'll both have a yeah. review model, but a new sealed item as well. And, That's right. you know, generally, those are, like, anywhere between, like, 100 bucks and maybe three or $400. But when it comes to, like, more of the expensive, like, items, it's, like, it's really hard to kind of just give away a thousand dollar like item you know for free like nobody but us really does that like on a on a monthly basis right so the raffle the tickets are like nine dollars and 99 cents each um you could uh you know on the youtube video there's a link to it but there's like the draw at the end of august yeah, and end of all, we'll end be of doing august, yeah. uh as part of like our live stream we'll announce like the winner live on the air so we'll you, you can see like how we're gonna do like the random like generator to like figure out who, who won by inserting like names and how many tickets they bought and stuff like that so yeah. um it's just a different style of way uh, to give away more expensive uh, type like items and we're continuing to do free contests for like you know the the more you know the one to three hundred dollar type of like things so we'll always right. give those away but you know we're starting to slowly accumulate more expensive devices and it's like what should we do with them? Basically, they're just like sitting on shelves and it's like, OK, right. you know, we like to get these in users hands and we just came up with like a raffle idea. So it's it's a new this is like the first time we've ever done something like this. So hopefully we have your support uh, for this. And, you know, we wish everyone luck who bought a raffle ticket. That's right. 
So for the Goody Meter radio show, name is Michael. 